When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm Dominic Sean. I'm joined by Jonathan Taylor and Anthony Vickers for this week's Tripe Supper. Looking ahead to Wednesday's game against Sunderland. Eagerly anticipated. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, today's podcast is, is again sponsored by the Reduce Your Risk Lung Cancer Campaign, um, run by Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough Council, Redcar and Cleveland Council, and Macmillan Cancer Care. Dropping X-ray clinics are now available at James Cook University Hospital, One Life Centre in Middlesbrough, and Redcar Primary Care Hospital Trust. Uh, it's aimed at those who are, who are over 50 and who've been smoking for. Uh, for a fair old while they've been having chest pains for three weeks or more if they've been coughing up blood or or had a cough for more than a month then drop into those clinics um if you go on if you're on facebook you can go on tackling cancer south tees or you can go on www.reduceyourrisk.co.uk to find out a bit more about those uh vic we'll start with yourself um you said the highly anticipated derby probably the least most anticipated derby maybe in my lifetime it's how's it come with this i mean you look back and Middlesbrough's victory at Sunderland earlier this season. It was kind of the, the you know, the first real spark of the campaign. Yeah. This is what we're this is what we're here for, and, and here we are now. Borough nine points adrift, Sunderland twelve points adrift, and, and both staring down the down the barrel of the relegation. Yeah, well, when we went there, it was uh, we were full of August optimism. Uh, we had a good opening day. We went to Sunderland, we beat them, and it, and after the match, uh, uh, David Moyes pretty much said they were in a relegation struggle. Uh, you know, and uh, and to be honest, they looked it at that time. They looked like they were in complete disarray. If you looked at the fixtures then, you would have maybe looked at it and thought, well, we could relegate them, and we still could, but that would be very little consolation after the way Borough's season has unravelled. And I think I'm not alone, probably, in thinking that the sooner it's over, the better, so we can get on with rebuilding and and uh, regrouping and rewiring. Uh, it seems now that it's been dragged out for a, quite a few weeks and to go into a derby match that should be a match full of local pride and passion and excitement I think you've got two sets of fans that are, are pretty much dreading it because the last thing you want to do is be relegated by them All that said John, pride matters an awful lot in football doesn't it, in sport so a win for either side Borough especially, on home turf after that disappointing understatement defeat at Bournemouth on Saturday, a win would at very least restore some pride. Yeah, it would, and I think that the Borough players, um, they owe the fans, if if only they owe the, the thousand fans that made the 650-mile trip to, to Bournemouth, because from, from second one, from minute one, it, it wasn't good enough, it was, it was borderline disgraceful, wasn't it, really, the performance, and it was the, the lowest point of the season, and you'd hope that Borough can't get any lower than that. that that's as bad as it gets and in, I can see the, the argument that perhaps having Sunderland at home on Wednesday is, is the best game they could probably hope for now I, I could be saying completely the opposite at quarter to ten on Wednesday night if, if the result goes against Borough but I mean I, I don't know, it, it, in many ways it's, it, how do you, as a fan how do you get up for this game? Because I, I don't know really. I think that it was that bad on on Sunday, and and Borough's capitulation, and that's what it has been. It's been a capitulation in 2017, a proper unravelling. Bearing in mind on January the first, yes, Sunderland were 
their situation was bleak and they kind of accepted that they've always accepted that they're going to be in a relegation scrap but we're, we're, we're fine January the 1st so we're talking about a four month capitulation that I haven't really seen in a long time to that extent I don't know where Borough go from here they have to win that game against Sunderland because I mean if they're going to win any game it has to be that one um, but if, if Borough do win that game is that consolation Probably not. I reckon that it, that would also be hammer home the, the frustration that that Borough team shouldn't be where they are now. It's it's real kind of mistakes from all levels, um, some bad decisions, uh, you know, there's some bad recruitment and some bad performances that have got Borough in a situation they shouldn't be in. But it would also be a very accurate indicator of where we are as a team. If the only team that we can beat in four months is Sunderland, who are rock bottom, maybe that says where we are as a unit, as a, as a team in terms of ability and tactics and, and mental strength. Because if you look at the teams that we have beat this season, they, were they all in the bottom three at the time, apart from Bournemouth? Yeah. 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 So that's where we are as a team. And you know, when, when the inquest starts, uh, it'll be very easy to blame individuals for this, that and the other. But at the end of the day, it, the evidence seems to point to the fact that the players weren't good enough or the unit wasn't good enough, and the way that we went into the season, Borough simply haven't been able to get performances out of them that are greater than the sum of the parts. How does Steve Agnew approach this game? I think, because it is the Dar- a derby match, I think that has to be the starting point you know, for a rousing performance, because if we go down, we need to go down with something to build on, you know, something to cling on to, a little bit of of morale being pieced back together and for all it would be very scant consolation should we be relegated to have been you know have taken Sunderland out some done a double over Sunderland uh, you know for all that it is going to be something that maybe will give the fans some comfort yeah. to go into the, into the summer that at least we did that uh, it's meagre meagre stuff uh, and it's been a really, really disappointing season. And I think there's no getting away from that. There's no disguising that. But I suppose at least when you're on holiday on the beaches in Spain and you see a Sunderland shirt, you will have something to laugh about. Sunderland are, are in a worse position than Borough. Obviously, they are in the table. But if you were to look to next to next season already, and you know we didn't think we'd be in this position with five with five games to play, Borough are far better equipped to bounce back immediately than Sunderland, who who look like. Not only has this been coming for a, for a fair yeah. old while, but yeah. you know, th- there's an awful lot that needs ironing out behind the scenes there, doesn't well, it? They're on a four-year slippery slope towards this. I mean, if there is a consolation, it's that we can, we can say that, that although the teams are in a similar position, you've come from different directions. Uh, Sunderland are on a, a slippery slope. Uh, the owner is trying to sell. They're laboured down with uh, players who are not good enough and... They'll struggle to get rid of them. I think Borough go down relatively healthy financially because uh, the, the being in the Premier League has obviously helped balance the books. Uh, players, the, the biggest wage earners, will leave, and Borough go down with with uh, parachute payments and probably the core of a half decent side, plus recent experience of what it's like in the Championship. So that that will all help. Uh, obviously, we'll go down with a, under a bit of a cloud. But you know, you only need a, a spark and a, and a couple of good signings to get people up again. And last time we went down, we went down with uh, ninety million pounds of debt at a time when the world 
uh, banking system had collapsed and no one was going to extend an overdraft. So the banks basically called the debt in and forced Borough to, to sell key players. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't a good situation to be in. And you know, credit to Steve Gibson for, for balancing the books at that situation. A lot of chairmen of clubs in clubs of similar situations haven't done that. And a lot of those clubs have, have gone through the next couple of years fighting against administration. So, uh, you know, in, in some ways we got away with that. We learnt some valuable lessons there. And I think it's not an ideal situation to be relegated, but the bigger picture is probably that we're in a, as healthy a position financially as we have been for, for a very long time. Yeah, they are. But equally, I don't think that um, fans will be able to stomach the bigger picture as yet. I think that, oh, of course not. I think the, the immediate inquest has to be held and it is going to be a grim process as it always is with relegation. I mean, a lot of things have to happen this summer before Borough fans and, and everyone associated with the club can, can kind of clear their minds and, and then go again. I mean, questions need to be asked on several levels this summer. Should Borough go down? I think that explanations need to be given uh, on a number of things this season and, and most importantly, lessons learned because Borough for six months of this season were, were in the prime position and we all thought you know, they'd have enough, they'd have more than enough. You know, if Borough come, go down and then come back up, they need to be in a position where they know what went wrong this season and most importantly how to stop it again. And the only way to, to learn in life is to understand. Now, these discussions all need to be had, and I'm sure they will at some point, um, but it's an understanding, a collective understanding of the players, the staff, the chairman, the fans, of what's happened this season, how has it unravelled so quickly and until those discussions have had I don't think there can be any kind of positive or to, to look ahead to next season until that's happened. Another reminder uh, just of, our, our, of the campaign sponsor and our, our uh, podcast at the minute, it's the, the Lung Cancer Reduce Your Risk campaign which is being run by Middlesbrough Borough Council, Redcar and Cleveland Council and the Macmillan Cancer Care. Um, if you know a, a smoker who's over the age of 50 and who's been having problems, chest pains, coughing up blood, had a cough for, for more than a month or so, then you should make them aware of the, uh, the dropping chest x-ray clinics that are available at the James Cook University Hospital, the One Life Centre in Middlesbrough, or Redcar Primary Care Hospital. Um, just point you in the direction of the websites again, it's reduceyourrisk.co.uk, uh, or you can go on Facebook, Tackling Cancer South Tees, that's on, on Facebook. Um, Vic, just a quick one, you look back at, obviously tomorrow night's game is a, is a rescheduled fixture. Now, I know I am properly clutched at straws here, but how damaging, when you look back now, was the rescheduling of that game? Because if Borough would, would to have played Sunderland when they were meant to have played them, and, and how many times have we spoke, and we've heard Steve Agnew spoke, uh, speak about the, getting that bounce, getting that one result, getting that spark. Yeah. If, if it had fallen then, and I know, like I say, it is clutching at uh, clutch straws. If it had fallen then, if you'd have beaten them then, if you'd, have, if you'd have won and got three points there, could it have changed things? It could, because I mean, at the end of the day, you know, sometimes all you need is a spark. And at that stage, sort of two months ago, to have won in a derby match, maybe that would have given the spark. Uh, the landscape might be very different now. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. There's no, no. It's hypothetical situations. Uh, uh, we still, you still need a spark to get something out of the, remaining, you know, the dying embers of this season. And you know, I just hope we can do, do it against Sunderland. Yeah, the preparation really. We we said about it in the office today, didn't we? Really, that the preparation for next season, whichever division Borough are in, starts against Sunderland, doesn't it? Really, because I think 
I mean, yes, the, the inquest will be held in the summer, but I think that momentum, some kind of momentum, has to be taken in the next season because you've seen over the years teams that plummet out of the division having not won in in six months or whatever, month, you know, months upon months. It's so difficult then to turn that like like a switch at the beginning of the championship season. All of a sudden, you're ten games in the championship season and you haven't won, and then you're pushing on, you know, eight or nine months without a win. So, um, well, winning or losing becomes a behaviour. Yeah, of course it does. And all you need to do is look at how difficult you know a team like Aston Villa have found it in the championship this season. I mean, I know they've they've stabilised at the end, but I mean there was a point when they were flirting with relegation, and this was a team who lost every week pretty much in the Premier League and kept plummeting at the start of the season um, I mean look it's going to be interesting it is going to be interesting what kind of reaction there's going to be at the Riverside on Wednesday night I'm sure that obviously the, 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 there's tributes planned for Hugo Ehiog which is going to be pretty um, pretty touching And but from then it's to the players then because sometimes fans go to the stadium and it's on them to push the, the team on but I think it's the opposite uh, on Wednesday I think uh, the fans are entitled to sit in their seats if they want and, and wait and see what happens because it's the players that, that have let ultimately let them down, certainly against Bournemouth, and the players have to give them something to shout about. There's some interesting stuff coming out of the fans. I mean, obviously, the, the Stuart Downing stuff will have annoyed some fans. What he's, he's basically saying it's a, it's nice to work at the Riverside at the minute. Uh, I don't really think the players having a nice working environment and being happy in their, their job is consolation for four months without a win and maybe it'd be better if it was a horrible place to work but they were getting results and maybe the switch of culture has meant that some people have taken their foot off the gas because under Aitor Karanka if nothing else we know that he was a, a perfectionist uh, he demanded that, that everyone raised the bar every day and any mistake was going to be punished uh, that led to a culture where you knew that the players were uh, working their hardest because you know the, the discipline within the, the organisation, the culture within the organisation demanded that. And I don't like the idea that you can be in a relegation struggle and players think that it's a nice working environment. You would imagine that in a relegation struggle it would be an awful working environment. Mm. Surely that, that should be. It's interesting because we go down to Rockcliffe quite a lot for obviously press conferences and that, and it it is very much chalk and cheese on the surface of the mood you get when you walk through into the foyer. I mean, I remember towards the end of the Ito Karanka days, it, it was it was tense. There was a tension in the air, you know, rightly or wrongly I for whatever reason. It towards the end, I think for for, for a yeah, maybe, long time, probably yeah, maybe. for eight, nine, ten months. But even but now it's the complete opposite, and, and some players kind of wander up to you and, and and speak to you, and it's all smiley. Yet the results haven't changed. So that's an it, you've got a fair point there, Vic, and it's almost. I mean, yeah, I think Ito Karanka did instill that kind of. Fear among the players, really. Of, you know, perhaps people were treading on eggshells because they wanted to, to. You know, they couldn't afford to take their eye off the ball for a second. Um, you know, whether you know the, the inquest will be ultimately was Wibble right to get rid of Ito Karanka? Were they right to employ Steve Agnew? Were they wrong to not do an external appointment? These questions are, are ones that are already being answered by some sections of fans, and and perhaps you know. There will certainly have to be covered in the summer, all levels. But it is interesting that the weird—it's flipped, you know, on the surface. The whole mood around the place and the mood, but equally the results are exactly the same. 
not, which suggests that ultimately the side just isn't good enough to stay you know, to, to get the results. But then we saw. But then you hark back and think, well, we got results earlier on in the campaign. The, the noises, uh, like we say, there it's not just Stuart Downing. The noises come from within the club are, are of support for Steve Agnew and, and of praise for Steve Agnew. With that in mind, then will the players feel um, not a sense of well, I guess yeah, a sense of guilt that that, that, that they're letting the manager down and that they're not getting results on the pitch for him. If it takes that to motivate them and get them playing. Fine. If they want to do it for Aggers, fine. If they want to do it to reward the fans who travel to Bournemouth, fine. If they think it's a nice working environment and they want to be there, then maybe they should up their game so they're still there next year because, you know, if they go down, there'll be a big clear out. And there's a lot of players now who really have to justify their position in this club next season. Whatever the reaction, though, it, there has to be some kind of emotion that comes into the players, the current situation. I mean, I remember watching uh, Bournemouth's first goal inside two minutes, you know, Josh King sweeped home, and, and the alarming thing there was that there wasn't uh, an on-field dressing down or fingers being pointed. It, there was an acceptance there. It was a walk back to the halfway line with your head down, but don't talk to each other type thing. This situation has to. You know, this is where you start seeing which players are, are real leaders and who who will kind of duck. Um, it, it has to, and, and Steve Agnew probably will feel a little bit let down, certainly by certain individuals. I mean, certainly Gaston Ramirez let him down on on Saturday, and the other people in the dressing room. And there are good eggs in that Borough dressing room. I'm sure that they'll be desperate to do it for not only Steve Agnew, the fans, everyone else. But whatever happens, it can't. There can't be a no emotion. That we saw at Bournemouth, there was nothing. There was there wasn't any anger at Bournemouth. There was just an acceptance, and that can't happen again. We know that there's a, a core there of a decent team, uh, and we know. Let me you just mentioned the situation going into Christmas, where we we all the consensus was Borough were a bit boring, but they were just doing enough to stay one result on to, uh, above the, the relegation zone, and it wasn't the prettiest of football. You know, it wasn't uh, joyful, but it was going to get the job done and then you could build on that next summer. And that, that was the strategy. So we know there's a team there good enough to do that. And in the first half of the season, they played all, all the other 19 teams and were on a, a point a game, slightly over a point a game trajectory. So it's not that the players are not good enough. So something has happened within the club. And the obvious thing is to say, well, Aitor Karanka has been taken out of the equation. And my reading of the situation is that the entire club, the mentality, the culture, the dynamics of the club were all built around the persona and the demands of Aitor Karanka. And having taken him out of that, it's created a vacuum. And Steve Agnew's gone in and, and tried different formations and tried to get the balance right, but there's something missing within the club, whether that's leadership, experience, uh, you know, uh, belief. Uh, something has, has gone wrong and that, that's what has to be replaced not necessarily a mass cull of the players because there are players there to form the core of a decent championship side but something has to be replaced in terms of the mentality and the direction and the desire and the culture within the club we'll leave it there thanks fellas